Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. I am Lucas Reyes here with Julian and Chetta on this fine Thursday afternoon. We are here talking about Hard Knocks again. The second episode came out two days ago, and it looks like we are going to be hitting every Thursday. Thursday seems like the perfect day for us to be able to talk about this and post it. It may come out early on Wednesday nights, um, so just be on the lookout for that. But it's looking like Thursday is going to be consistent as for you, um, as for this episode, guys, I hope you guys are doing well. My day is all good. Julian, my day is how's going your great. day? It is, of course, it is 100 over here. Um, went out for another run earlier today. So that went well. It uh, wasn't as hot. Yeah, no, it wasn't as hot wow. as uh, last time that I went on a run, which was like 102, so two degrees. But, you know, it was still it was still 100 out there. Nobody was out there with me, which makes sense because apparently I'm the only insane person that wants to run in this weather. Dude. Yeah, you're crazy. I was just about to say. Yeah, I did, did three you miles. Do three again, miles again? this time, uh, I had gummies. It, like, I had one of those like uh, Energizer gummy, not Energizer gummy, but the, gum, but the gummies that kind of like are like Gatorade. Yeah, like Gatorade. The Gatorade, Gatorade chewables. Uh, it's not Gatorade ones, but it was kind of like off-brand Gatorade. So it was like Gatorade, whatever. Um, that get Gatorade, Gatorade great like value. Muscle milk kind of thing. Not muscle milk. Don't want to roast them. Um, but yeah, so I had those gummies ahead of time just to make sure you know I got the electrolytes in there stay hydrated or whatever so anyways y'all just important news before we get on this with this thing is uh just stay hydrated out there i know it might maybe hot maybe not where you're at but if it is hot stay hydrated if it's not then good for you it's going to be hot there one day so just look out for that uh but with that being (laughs) said with my day being great let me just tell you whose day isn't as great as mine and that is gerald mccoy who's the defensive tackle for the longtime defense tackle for the Buccaneers. But now he went with the Cowboys this past offseason. But it looks like it won't be that long of a stay that or at least it won't be as long of a stay with the Bucks that he had with, or that he has with the Cowboys now. So the news goes that Gerald McCoy ruptured his um, his right quadriceps tendon on Tuesday and he and he had certain I'm sorry, he had surgery on it Tuesday. He ruptured it in practice, a couple, I believe, a day or two before that. And he actually is going to be released off of an injury waiver that was put in his contract that was signed this past offseason um, that was going to save the team $3.25 million this year. It is said that he's still going to be with the team uh, rehabbing and stuff, but he won't be a part of the team since he obviously isn't going to be uh, on the uh, on the 53-man roster. Um, but that is still big news. That is still pretty big news for a guy who was a, who was a Pro Bowl caliber player a couple years back. What do you think about that, Lucas? Um, it's just unfortunate for Ger- Gerald McCoy, obviously, and there's going to be I, – I, he's only getting the guaranteed money. I, I, he's not obviously going to get anything else this year, and it just sucks, obviously, for Gerald McCoy because, you know, you're hopefully maybe trying to do something towards the end of your career on the Cowboys theme that, that looks like, you know, it's at the cusp of getting better every year, and they just can't seem to fi- figure to put it together or whatever it may be. And um, now for this to happen – it is just really demoralizing because they just got Everson Griffin. And so it looked like that team was going to do some damage, at least on the defensive line. And you just lose one huge player there. And the contract situation, maybe it gives a little bit more perspective to what these players are going through because he's not going to get paid as much as he was look, looking forward to expecting to make this year. And with COVID going around and everything, you would like to be more insured than that. And maybe this is change of perspective, at least for maybe how players and people were looking at the Melvin Ingram situation that we'll talk about later, how he was holding out for a few days, but he just reported to practice today. But it's it's 
really just unfortunate for Gerald McCoy. I yeah, he, I mean, like uh, you said, I mean, recovery. obviously a whole hopes and prayers go to Gerald McCoy. Um, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny the way the contract was made out to be because it is said that they actually added a quad, uh, a quad, uh, what is it? A, like they, they put something in the contract that says like if your quad gets injured, yeah, cl- sorry, quad clause, a clause you, uh, for that. Um, they actually put it in there because it is said that um, basically he had all of his injuries had, had so far and his legs have all been in his right in his right leg. It's you know he had like shin injury. I know he had like a he had like a thigh injury or something like that. And the only part of his leg that hadn't been injured yet up until this point in his career was his quad. And just to see that they kind of added that to it, like kind of they were kind of waiting for it to see what was going to happen. And sure enough, it did. And it was kind of like well this it if you obviously you feel bad for the guy because you know he's trying to do something at the end of his career he really he hasn't won a super bowl he hasn't been in the super bowl actually um but you're just hoping i'm not saying the cowboys being the super bowl but he has a he had a good shot of it because that defensive line was looking you know great especially with demarcus lawrence in there too and you know all those guys you had mentioned before as well um but you know all the thoughts and prayers go to him now all the thoughts and prayers go to us and to all the fans uh, with this next with this next one because <laughs> it is said that the mascots and cheerleaders are not going to be allowed onto the field during the 2020 season, according to Tom Pelosaro on Twitter. Uh, it, it's it really, time it to really boycott is. the what, NFL. Once they did They've that, gone I mean, too far. let's be honest here. Like, I'm not going to say I watched the and I watched the NFL for the cheerleaders, but when they come onto the screen, if you don't think at least part of my vision is directed towards them, then you are sadly mistaken because it is very much so. There's now I'm, you hear that? Sadly, sadly mistaken. mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. This is this is this is really this this really hurts. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's gonna be good though not seeing that Patriot mascot in the field anymore because I'm be honest. There was a few times when I was like. I don't understand why I don't like this guy, but I just don't. And I, maybe it's because all their success or not, but <laughs> I don't know, man. So it's going to be, it's going to look a lot different as we've said before, but this just add, that's, adds to that fact. I hope in 2021, we get back to normal with cheerleaders, double the cheerleaders maybe, and, and mascots. <laughs> double the cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, just got to give opportunities to where they're given, you know? But yeah, so uh, what do you think about that, Lucas? What are you thinking? I think, I think we have to get a cheerleader for every section that just cheers in yes. the section with the crowd. Like we need to start doing that. We need to be innovative. We need to be over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the top. Nah, yeah, there we, go. we need we need we need so many <laughs> cheerleaders that it might as well they might as well just be a cheerleader instead of instead of fans we're gonna have cheerleaders in there. Which which if there's more if that if that means more hot females at the at football games, then I'm all for it. I'm not gonna be against it. But you know what? That is just me. Um anyways, speaking of not speaking of me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know. I don't know. I'm be honest. I don't know how to transition to this one. So let me just let me just start off with saying, uh, Minnesota Vikings running back Delvin Cook. Uh, his his contract <laughs> is up in 2021, and uh, right now they're trying to negotiate it that way. It doesn't have to go that far with uh, without a new deal for him. But it looks like those bro- those talks broke off Tuesday, which is the 18th. Um, you know, and it, it, it's it's gonna be it's. It's going to be one of those weird seasons where, um, you know, where people are trying to get their new money in, but it's going to be tough because, you know, uh, organizations want to save as much money as they can because they don't know when it's going to be over with. They don't know how much money they're going to lose. They don't know how much it's going to affect the salary cap and all that fun stuff. Um, but it's going to, it's looking like uh, Jared, uh, Jared Cook, almost said Jared Cook, but Delvin Cook, excuse me, looks like he is going to have, and, it, and it, he said that he was not going to be, um, said that he was not going to, uh, like, hold, um, but 
you know, with with this being said that, you know, his contract is not going to be ro- working out, do you think that maybe there's a possibility that that might affect him going into the season, or do you think that's just all hearsay? No, I don't think it could affect him at all, just because he's was the most important part of their offense last year, and then losing Diggs is going to make him be more of the workhorse, and he was one of the MVP candidates, I think. I mean, obviously, more towards the bottom of the list because of the amazing seasons that of Christian McCaffrey and everyone else like Russell Wilson. And, and But Dalvin Cook was just as important to his team as any player could be important to their team in the NFL. So I don't think it could it could affect them. Um, but I think that he does deserve that money or, or at least an extension to some point because of what he's done. I mean, it was maybe his first season where he was really fully healthy. We need to see more of that. And maybe that's why the contract hasn't really progressed to what he's really wanted. But it's it it's something that we should see forward to to say, you know what, he just had his his best season and he was healthy. We'll see if he could do it again and then maybe get his uh, contract going uh, contract talk going again because yeah. the new CBA anyway made holdouts virtually ineffective. So what yeah. else can I, this I players that's fair do? Fair enough, you know, with this entire holdout situation, you know, you. You obviously are, you know, hopefully get this money, you know, because, you know, the injury thing could, you know, hit him at any moment. It could hit anybody at any moment. So you want to make sure he gets his money as much as he can, you know, when he can. Um, but, yeah, so saying that, um, there's also some Minnesota news. Not not big news compared to NFL, but there's still some Minnesota news uh, considering that today was the NBA draft lottery. And just about a couple minutes ago, it was announced that the Minnesota Timberwolves actually won the draft lottery. Big news or small news? Um, maybe big news, uh, sports world. I'll take any news in the sports world, um, right now. And then the NBA, man, I mean, we just, the Laker game is part two is about to happen. And, um, game one was pretty cool. I mean, Damian Lillard went off, man. Oh, we should just mention that Damian Lillard has been insane in the bubble. Um, I, I'm so excited to see, I mean, we can talk about the Laker game real quick. I mean, did you watch it? The first one? That was really, that was that was a close one. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I had a little bit of a scuffle. I have a little bit of an announcer scuffle. But you know what? Let me tell you one person who did also have an announcer scuffle, but it was a lot bigger news. We have Tom Brenneman, who uh, who, who works NFL games uh, in, on Fox. He was also the Cincinnati Reds uh, broadcaster. And it was said that he had a hot mic, which he did not know was on. And he dropped a slur that I will, well, no one will obviously be using now, but... You can only imagine it was a gay slur. Excuse me, I should probably admit that first. Uh, it was a gay. He made a gay slur on on occasion, um, and uh, he said he said it over the mic, and he was pulled off mid game right after that. He he did apologize. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he apologized he for it right after it happened. He and they and that was fun. Well, well, not funny, but when he was when he was apologizing, they had just they were about they were hitting a home run, and so he he stopped his apology announced the home run and then went back to the apology <laughs> you know, I, I was watching it and i was like and, and, and he goes and and he's he like, he like and so and so hits a home run so the score and then he goes back and he goes back to the apology <laughs> and i was like kind of savage but you know just and what and i guess people are making comments about it like the way whether you could watch this all on youtube or whatever because i looked at tom brenneman and first thing came up was the apology and when they hit on when they hit the home run uh i guess the where the ball landed was something like uh, it, it was something basically saying about equality or about being fair or something like that. And it just kind of, it was kind of ironic where the ball ended up lining up. So just want to make that news before, but, but because it is NFL related <laughs> with a broadcaster. But other than that, Lucas, all you, man. Well, I'm going to have one last piece of news and it's going to, I'm sorry to kill the vibe, but I'll, I'll just mention it right now because it's worth mentioning. Um, but 
Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington football team, he just got um, diagnosed with lymph oh, no. node cancer um, today. Yeah, after a self-check. Uh, there's not much news or details around it, but yeah, it's just something that big, I have Big to time news for that Washington football team. Big, big time. We hope that it's nothing too drastic, and we hope that Ron Rivera definitely mm-hmm. recovers right away. But now moving on to Hard Knocks, and this episode I liked it a lot better. I don't know, just right off the bat, let me ask you that. Did you like it a lot better than episode one? I thought it was a little bit more mm-hmm. faster paced and more yeah, fun you know, to watch. Right. It, was, it was a lot. Cool. I feel like there was like a lot. Sorry, I feel like there was a lot more going <laughs> into it. Uh, there was, you know, obviously it went straight to football. Whereas the first episode obviously led off with the COVID things and like like the first what like first like twenty to fifteen twenty minutes of it was like talking about the COVID the guidelines and what need to be followed, which makes sense during this time. But I feel like this episode just started with football, and it, it talked a little bit about the protocols and what, what more they were doing, but most of it focused on what was happening on the field. So I like that part of it, I guess. Yeah, okay, for sure. Yeah, because it starts off with the undrafted rookies, and they were talking about how the younger men don't really have the opportunity to prove themselves this year when the odds are already stacked against them. And that – was able to transition into Austin and his story coming from an undrafted rookie. And I remember even back when it was happening, Philip Rivers talked about how, who, who was this undrafted rookie kid making all these plays at practice? Like, I want to know who it is. And it ended up being Austin Eckler. And then he was able to prove himself through more plays just on special teams and eventually getting a few reps, working his way up into the last preseason game and making plays there. And that's literally the only way that he was able to make the team was that preseason, last preseason game. He was able to make plays and be clearly the better player on the field at the time. So it's just highlighting how difficult it is for these guys who are in that position this year to even do anything without having any preseason games. And then it trans uh, transitions into Darius Bradwell, the rookie undrafted, I think, this year for the Chargers, who un- unfortunately gained yeah. <laughs> gained some weight and pulled an Eddie Lacy, <laughs> too much chocolate milk. But yeah. when you say you know chocolate milk and milk yeah. got the same amount of Fair protein enough. in it, that's Fair what enough. they say. <laughs> but then not, you know poking fun at it, but he was professional about it and he was able to take the criticism from Anthony Lynn and I thought that was cool and he had extra time to work with John Lott. Mm. I thought that was cool. I thought um, I love seeing stuff like that behind the scenes and extra work. Hopefully we could see his progression, more progression of Darius Bradwell from the chargers and from these episodes and hard knocks coming yeah, up. What I do you mean, think that, about that, that was, for? that was well said. Um, obviously you, you can tell with the lack of preseason games, it's going to be a little tougher. You could say so um, for, you know, undrafted rookies or guys who are on the bubble of making the roster, them making an impact and them showing what the coaches truly have. And it, and it, and it shows when the guy like Austin Eckler is, you know, now the starting running back of the chargers, um, you know, and him coming from where he came from, he he obviously knows a little bit about what we're talking about here. Uh, but you know, ho- hopefully for a guy like Darius Bradwell and other guys of his nature and guys we're going to talk about coming up, it's it's it won't make it, it won't it won't hinder their ability to you know make money or to or to do something that you know they've wanted to do for you know a lifetime so far. So you you feel bad for these guys, but at the same time, you you also know that the you know that sometimes they say the toughest times make the strongest warriors. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, it. We'll, we'll talk about the mindset of the organizations that the Rams and Chargers have in, as far as their approach to this season um, and how maybe this time is going to show how effective 
I mean, this, I mean, it is going to shape how effective they are this season. Um, transitioning now to the next thing that happened in the episode was Jalen Ramsey. And I like, the, I like how we're getting more mm. Jalen Ramsey insight and we're looking at more of his human side rather than the football player. I think we were talking about before the podcast, what should we talk about? And Jalen Ramsey is surprisingly become a bright spot for me as far as who I want to see on the TV. Um, I, I like, Jalen Ramsey a lot more than I did um, weeks ago because I think I think it shows his human side and once I know more about a player anyway besides um, you know their football accolades and just see their their off the field personality um, I, I tend to like him anyway just because I'm like oh yeah. he's just a regular human being and then he was looking a new house uh, in Southern California um, this is this has been a cool little revamp of Jalen Ramsey's image. I think yeah, that you can I mean, agree absolutely. with me on that one. We were, uh, like we said before, we were talking about it. And, um, and we know it, it, you know, to go where he came from as far as, you know, having all the, um, you know, uh, where all the people were talking about how he is like, kind of, not of a, I wouldn't say a diva, but they were talking about his personality, not in the most positive light. Um, they were talking about how it hindered his ability to, you know, make money and do other things like that. And about how it would hinder his football ability. It kind of goes to show that you don't get to know the truly person. You don't know the person until you walk a mile in their shoes. You know, so it, 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 it is it is very it is very um, enlightening to show a player like him, you know, kind of being a human and just uh, show the human side, you know, with his daughters, with his kids, you know, in his houses and stuff. And just and it just it just it just kind of goes a lot more it goes, goes a long way to show him in that light, you know, to to kind of reinforce the fact that, yeah, he might be somewhere on the football field, but he's a different player off the football. He's a different person off the football field, excuse me. So kind of kind of that balancing act. Right, and I always like seeing a little bit more energy and emotion and personality mm-hmm. on the field anyway. I think that that's where the game should evolve to. As I, I think any game should evolve to that. You know, as long as you're playing well, I want to see you express yourself as well. And so I don't really, I never really had a problem too much with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, one of the things that we heard in Jacksonville was kind of maybe he was a problem mm-hmm. in the locker room, but then – at the time, we have to looking back at it. We have to realize that this was a time where Tom Coughlin was there too, and he was just too old school for the new school as far as trying to keep things his way professionally. And 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 we've heard ridiculous stories coming from that organization with Tom Coughlin trying to discipline players. So maybe his image got distorted in Jacksonville as maybe a troublemaker, but um. I don't know, but I do like what I'm seeing from Jalen Ramsey now. Now we transition to another defensive back on the team, and we have Dante Dion, just more Dante Dion. It just seems like maybe a guy who's a little bit too too expensive on the field. I don't know, but um, I th- I think that you have to. I think that shows what kind of line you have to tote, right? As far as expressive and and product, you have to be definitely showing stuff on the field. But Dante probably sees the situation right now with COVID and saying, I, I don't have any games to play. I literally can't prove myself. Maybe that's why he's having yeah. this much fun. I would too, if I literally thought that I had no chance, but I'm there to be with people that I've worked with summers before. So, you know, why yeah. not? Try, no, why I mean, not right. Um, yeah. I mean, we just, it's, it's, it, it, it was, it was great to see his energy. You know, it was great to see that positive energy from him, you know, him laughing and him smiling and him. I, listen, what, what do you think of a, Dante though? Player, what are your... I haven't seen too much of him play. But what I will say is if he plays anywhere near the ability his if he, if he plays anywhere um, <laughs> with the ability that he shows like to have fun and all that stuff, he's going to be a great player in this league, you know, because he 
he always has a, you know, he always has like a smile on his face. He's always laughing. He's keeping things light, especially which, which helps in this time, you know, where everyone's kind of like, kind of a little more on edge, which, you know, makes sense. But it's, 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 it's kind of fun. It's kind of great to see on a player like that, you know, realizing that, Hey, like, you know, like you said before, like I have no preseason games to play. I have, you know, nothing. I, do I really have a shot? Not really. You could say so, but I'm just going to have fun and just, you know, I'm doing this while I can, as long as I can do this. So let's just have fun while doing it. You know, so it's kind of fun to see the energy, him talking to those guys and him kind of like trying to get in their heads, but also kind of be like, Hey, like you were also having fun here, you know, not, not a negative life, but kind of in like the, yeah, competitive, like kind of how, let's have fun, but let's also, let's try and take someone's job while we're at it, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, another guy who's having fun, or at least it looks like it out there, is Clay Johnston. From uh, where is he from? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Let's just not worry about where Baylor. He's from. Oh, he's from Baylor. He's my from God. Baylor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Clay Johnston. I like this kid a lot, though. I had a good impression from him. His attitude, his energy, his leadership. It felt like genuine leadership. Like he was. Yeah. You know, that's definitely him on the field right there playing, and and it came very natural. To, to see that, you know, like my response, seeing him try to take authority and, and direct players didn't seem like something that wasn't out of the ordinary for him. So it looked like he assumed that role um, and it was, you know, that's for, hi- that's for him. So I, wa- I want him to make the team and him to, to keep it up. I would like mm-hmm. to see his progression and his growth. Moving on to, uh, no, or actually, no, did you have any thoughts clear, on Clay I mean, Johnson? You, said right. you basically said everything I was going to say. I mean, you could tell that was genuine. That was him. He was, again, very positive, very just mindful. He was putting out there, but also realizing, hey, man, like, no preseason games. Like, let's try to make every single thing that we do perfect as, or as perfect as we can. And it kind of, and it shows throughout the episode, you know, like, how he was trying to get better, how he was asking guys for advice. And, like, I kind of reminds me of myself in a way, obviously not the athletic ability, but just the fact that, you know, he was, he, he, he mentally he was really trying to, he was trying to make sure that he didn't make any mental mistakes. But then eventually guys were just like, hey, man, you're going to make mistakes in this game. So just try to minimize them as much as you can and just be confident out there that what you're doing out there is right and just do what you got to do and you'll be fine. Right, because yeah, he did he make did. a lot of mistakes actually during that practice he was on the TV. <laughs> but um, he definitely has the right. He definitely has the right attitude to fix it though, and I'm rooting for him. And then we go over to Jared Goff and his little yeah. golf range setup at there his house. Kind of looked pretty cool. Um, Listen, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, but that looked pretty cool. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. As far as Jared Goff goes, let me tell you how lucky of a man this man is. All right, forget about the golf range called Goff Range, okay? But let me just tell you. But I this is this, is, this isn't a rat. But his girlfriend though. Let me tell you, this it just goes to yeah. show that quarter that no, you're right. Relax. That quarterbacks <laughs> are just known to have really beautiful looking girlfriends. That's all I'm gonna say is that he's a lucky guy. I mean, obviously he's you know he's got a big oh. contract now. Okay. He's got he's, he's I mean he's he's a, he's a star quarterback in L.A. What'd you expect? I didn't expect anything less. But just to see her, I was like, okay, good for him. Good for Goff. Good for the Goffs. And yeah, just good. Look at that confidence that he's showing. I believe that's the start. That's a sign of a franchise quarterback. What do you think, Lucas? <laughs> I'm um, just messing with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded question. But um, well, the only thing I could think about at that part, since we're talking about it, was damn. I, I would have definitely yeah. put a basketball court yeah. instead of a golf range. But but uh, yeah, uh, moving on. Well, it goes from Jared Goff. It goes from Jared Goff at his house to Jared Goff at practice. And then um, here's one moment that I liked that I wrote down was when that they were going through the walkthroughs and the plays. Sean McVay got a little upset with Jared Goff, and he was saying, 
you know, why did that play take so long to get off? Like, what's the deal? And Jared Goff's like, oh, my bad. I just needed mm-hmm. to hear you say that play twice. I thought that was really cool because Sean McVay goes, oh, okay, my bad. I didn't know you were – that's what you needed to hear. I like yeah. that I could work with that. I like, I like how Sean McVay operates. He's always had to seem like – he has moments like that all the time, it feels like, where he's just teaching and he's just so cool to work with and you see why people like working with him and stuff like that. You hear it all the time from people who've worked around Sean McVay talk about how that's kind of like the perspectives from the Chargers and the uh, Rams is their approaches to this year is Sean McVay is always going to be part of football focus analytically. And then the Chargers, they made it very mm-hmm. clear that their focus is COVID, which we'll yeah. get to how we reinforce that later mm-hmm. on the episode. Cause you guys know what happened. Um, but what did, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you had any thoughts on that Sean McVay, yeah. Jared Goff exchange. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that, was, that was really that cool. Was, that me. was good football. Yeah. I mean, that was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've pretty much said it, you said it perfectly. So there's no reason to change that. Let's just move forward with, you know, we're going to move forward with let's go. Seth. Yeah. <laughs> My, yeah. Seth, Seth Ryan. So we talk about what they were approaches to the game. Seth Ryan, who we learned is a son of Rex Ryan. I should have put two and two together when that happened last year, yeah. but I didn't know he was a son of Rex Ryan. And um, he's been around hard. Knocks. It's kind of cool. Like we've literally seen the progression of Seth Ryan of who he is in the NFL from being just the coach's son and literally growing up behind the scenes through hard knocks. I mean, they show the flashbacks of him being in high school and his dad's like, Oh yeah, there's my son like talking to like Marvin Lewis or something. And Marvin Lewis is like, Oh shoot. He got big. Like, like literally he grew up mirroring the time of hard Knox's uh, growth as, as, as an established uh, series that we see every year in the NFL. And it's cool. And I thought that was cool. And I thought as a Chargers fan and someone who was covering the Chargers, it made me feel better that I knew who, mm-hmm. Seth Ryan is coming from that lineage of the Ryan family. Cause like, I, I, I like that, you know, even though he didn't really have the best year, maybe last year, you can't really say too much about it. He took over mid mid season and you take over a team with an Asian quarterback where you move from this year instantly. So you don't really have a feel of who Seth Ryan is, but I like the fact that he's young mm-hmm. and he has this personality of yeah. under the Ryan umbrella. Cause Rob Ryan was also, um, mm-hmm under this term or uh, can be described this way as kind of crazy in a sense that they, they would do things that were un, um, out of the ordinary, the way that they would teach their personalities or something like that. I think that maybe if you could take that fresh innovation perspective, that kind of approach to the game to an offense that's kind of been, you know, mm-hmm. changed drastically ever. It's been Phillip rivers for so long. Now you have Tarot Taylor and Justin Herbert, more mobile guys. It's going to be so cool to see what Seth Ryan can bring to the table, and um, I'm just excited to see what kind of Chargers offense this year. Um, it was so cool to see that he is a son of Rex yeah. Ryan. No, I, I mean, yeah, I mean it, 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 it kind of it kind of is funny when they show like the old Hard Knocks, like uh, footage from '09 or whenever they did the uh, Jets season, um, and then him catching the one hand pass, which by the way, great catch for him, good good catch. Um, but yeah. it, it was just, it was just kind of funny to see, man, how time changes, and you know, just like. Guys who are around football around their entire life, they're going to be around football for pretty much the rest of their life. And it just goes to show that this guy, you know, he was focused on playing Call of Duty. That's my coach right there, by the way. He's playing, focused on playing Call of Duty, <laughs> wasn't going out, wasn't doing anything, just focused on football, just focused on football. And it's it's just crazy, man, to see that guys are still like that. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you, you know guys are like that. But just to see a guy, you know, from, you know, who's, who had that who had that family name, obviously, you know, him, you know, his his dad and his uncle and obviously his grandfather with, you know, Buddy Ryan over there. And, you know, it, it, it's, oh, right, it goes yeah. to show that 
you know, that football runs in the family and football runs in blood, man. And we're going to have like another generation of Ryans um, out there and at least, at least, you know, and then maybe if he has a kid who's also going to football, it's just going to be one of those things that it just, it's just going to be a family of Ryans and it's just going to be like, who's the best. I don't know, but they're all pretty good in their own right. So let's right. why, why compare them. Yeah, but it's cool. Yeah. You're right. You have the Ryan family. You have like yeah. the Matthews family, the, Man- the Manning. You family. also have the Manning, the Manning family, probably Barbers the too. biggest family. Um, the Barbers. Oh yeah. I can't forget them. Yeah. So there's a bunch of families out there and it's cool that we have one that could be highlighted in hard knocks. Who knows where his career leads and what roads he goes down. But then we talk about him and then we also have to mention that he had yeah, he tested did. positive for COVID and it was very serious how – I mean, you could tell that that the Chargers, they were like, okay, this was – we're ready for this. Like, we knew it was going to happen. We're yeah. surprised that it happened to him because right. of his approach to COVID. And we know how he is. But you know what? We're, this is how we're going to respond. It is what it is. You know, we're going to keep going, make sure no one else gets sick. And then I, I that – seeing how they responded yeah. made me feel good. And then seeing that it was a false positive yeah. made me feel even better. But uh, then you have that peace of mind, like, okay, we're doing things right. We're operating fine, false positive. But then we're also, we responded correctly too. No one freaked out too. And that's good to see, especially Anthony Lynn is probably uh, very pleased yeah, to see that. I mean, that, I, mean that, I mean, that just goes to show what we were talking about last week or when you brought up last week about how, you know, who's, who, who's really kind of taking the reins as far as the COVID protocols, you know, you, know, you knew that one team was going to take it, was going to do a lot more than the other team. You just didn't know how much. And it looks like the Chargers are that team that's like who's really like focused on trying to limit the the spread of this and trying to really get ahead of this instead of you know just kind of letting the play as it goes. Um, so I mean, it, it's a good look on the Chargers right. for sure. Um, especially you know making at least it was a false positive. I'll say that much. Um, you know, because you you obviously don't you honestly want to make sure everyone's healthy and you know we want to make sure that you you have your best guys there. Um, you also want to make sure that you know you're you're taking as much uh, precautionary or precautions as you can. But just to make sure that this is a false positive, it really goes to show that, hey, man, you know, we know it can happen to anybody. So just be careful, you know, and just when you take a test, just make sure that, you know, you're, you know, you're doing what you can and, you know, you can just slim at this cause as much as you can. So that, that that's all I can say about that. Yeah, and um, what that's exactly right. And then you literally have the crazy mm-hmm. juxtaposition of right. Andrew Whitworth, who literally had COVID yeah. run through his whole family. It, it, it wasn't anything crazy, but it, it hit his whole family because, you know, the nanny mm-hmm. came and infected everyone and no right. fault to the nanny or anything. And then he also got his parents um, infected. So, I mean, but he handled it and obviously he didn't spread it to any players, but it's, it, it's real. And it, it's crazy. I didn't even know the Whitworth fam. I didn't even know a whole family. The NFL family got one. So it's crazy, but, um, it shows that you know what this thing is manageable at least from the professional standpoint that and that the NFL can do they could they could handle this yeah. big guys Andrew Whitworth who have been in the league veterans um and also mm-hmm. one of the things that they did for that yeah. was the tracker things that they have those like tr- those distant trackers mm-hmm. that make sure they're six feet apart yeah, you saw yeah. Mike Williams he didn't have one he forgot it. he's like oh he's like well, well, <laughs> he I said, wait a second this, I'm, like, going right back. Fine. I'm getting tra- I'm not getting fined yeah, yeah. What a fat find, though, right? Fifty thousand. Yeah, I mean, they're taking it seriously, oh so you gotta 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 find some of them and see. I mean, good for them. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I like to see that too. Um, it's great to see yeah. that we saw the players getting their helmets, and then they transitioned to uh, camp, or uh, I mean, their practice facility, and it looked like um, they were back yeah. at training camp. That's what they said. 
And um, and then you also – this is the last thing that we will talk about um, because it was the last thing on the episode. It really uh, was the restlessness from the players. It looked like they were like – they were ready to hit – Hit the um, yeah. hit with pads and stuff, and hit the gridiron like like make football look a little bit more like yeah. we're used to seeing it look. And um, I'm glad it's finally coming. Um, Melvin Ingram also, we like I had to mention earlier, he he had that contract dispute rumors, but it would I quickly dispelled. I mean, he was only without pads and a helmet for a day or two, and then now he reported today, the twentieth, with um everything. So he is uh he's out there, and the difference between his contract situation was even though holdouts aren't, you know, they're ineffective yeah. now with the CBA, his thing was he wasn't going to get paid at mm-hmm. all this year if he got injured. So, yeah, I guess he wanted to get that situated. We don't have any contract news coming from Melvin Ingram, but maybe, I mean, it looks like it got um, hashed yeah. out. There was no drama, and um, I'm glad that, that you know, maybe it'll get addressed in the next episode of Hard Knocks. It shows where they are as far as the production and what we're seeing. You know, they're about a week or so behind. Um, but – you know what? I think that this was a good overall. My impression of this episode is pretty good. It's pretty fun. I'm excited to see more highlights. Um, it's hard knocks. It's getting. It's gotten better. It's yeah. gotten a little bit faster. Yeah, man. Um, be- before we do in this episode of this podcast, I do want to make sure that we do mention that um, that cornhole game that they were that they were doing. Um, it was a good. It was a good game. Oh, the one thing fun. I do want to mention though is that song that they were playing. Uh, tap in. It, it was. It was. <laughs> it, it kind of brings me to another point of like how. How like old how they're how they're kind of like making new songs off of old school beats, which respect you know, it just kind of threw me off. Yeah. And it's it's kind of nothing really big, but it just kind of threw me off when I heard that song. I was like, well, wait a second, what's I forgot what song the original is, but so my bad. But then like when I heard that beats go, I was like, wait a second, I think it was like I think it was it, what it was, was the song was, again? The what original song's called like Blow the Whistle or something like that. Um, it was like Blow the Whistle. Wait, wait! I don't, I don't no, think no, they're no, playing. No. They, they was weren't, it Blow the Whistle? Okay, so it was the same beat as Blow the Whistle, but the, basically, it's basically the song is called uh... Tap In. Um, I forgot who it's. I don't know who it's by. So my, my bad. Um, but I know, I know, right? But Sweetie, oh, right? Sweetie. Okay, so that's, oh no! Oh, she's, oh, she's really fine, good looking bro. out there. So good for her. Oh, I know, right? Just <laughs> have a whole Sweetie podcast over here. Um, but no, anyway. So like, the, but I know that. Uh, like she made a song off of like it. The, it's the same beat as "Blow the Whistle." It's just she, you know, did her own. It's a new song, but it's just the same beat as that. So it kind of threw me off. When it, I was expecting "Blow the Whistle" to come out, it's like it's like P.D. Right. Pablo. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, so it kind of threw me off a little bit when I heard that song. But I mean, it, no, regardless, it was a good song and it was a good cornhole game. Obviously, Derwin James or not Derwin? Yeah, Derwin James. No. He went off. Yeah, Derwin James went off. They moved the thing just because it was kind of distracting the other guy. And the minute they moved it, Derwin James decided, you know what? I'm Steph Curry from this cornhole bad bad boy. Let's get it. And just hit like two or three in a row. And I was like, all right, Derwin, like, let's not, let's not be too athletic over here. You're making us all look bad. Um, But, you know, other than. If we're talking about that party, I thought it was cool that all the DBs were there. It was it was uh, obviously a DB party, and I like seeing that camaraderie, and I like seeing uh, yeah, it was, that it chemistry was bonding. being I mean, built. Was, I mean, as you know, as much as you can, they're bonding as much as you can right now. But I mean, good respect, respect to him, respect for that cornhole game, and also respect to Sweetie and all those other fine ladies out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So that that was my thoughts. Hard not to say that much. <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> well. Um, <laughs> 
Julian, do you have a Snapchat or anything you want yeah, to drop? Yeah, so I have a snap. I do have a Snapchat. It's not a premium Snapchat, just, just a regular old Snapchat. You don't have to pay anything. It's just good content, good wholesome content out here. Um, it's called Be Like Julian. It's kind of like Be Like Mike, but instead of Mike, it's Julian. Um, don't have a Gatorade thing, so just kind of just kind of thought it was a cool name during the last time I was watching it. Realized ah, I should change my Snapchat name up. Did that. So yeah, the Snapchat name is Be Like Julian, B L N J R all capitalized, everything else lowercase, nothing, no space in between, just all one big long word. Other than that, Lucas, what do you have to plug? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at SugarFreeFSC and on Instagram Lucas underscore Reyes. For everyone here at the Fantasy Sports Cave and Julian, we are out. We'll